You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning. It's great to have you joining us. For those of you at an at-home location or you're watching on your phone or wherever you might be, and for those from our at-home locations that are with us this morning, it is great to have you all uh, join us in such an incredible day to get to dive into God's Word. Before we jump into the message today, just a reminder, at the end of the service today, we're going to be receiving communion together. So if you're in an at-home location or somewhere uh, watching, make sure you get those items ready for communion at the end. We'll be doing that here at the end. So uh, Today we're continuing a series we started last week called The Bible Doesn't Say That. Throughout this month, we're talking about things that sometimes we assume the Bible says, but the Bible actually doesn't, and kind of uh, bring some clarity to that. Now picture with me for a second a seventh grade Nick, uh, bull cut and all, sitting at his desk in his homeroom, Uh, As his homeroom teacher tells him, you can do whatever you put your mind to. The future has no limits. That little seventh grader had big hopes, big, big dreams. He graduated from high school, went off to college, and eventually would step out into the real world. As that once little Nick, now all grown up, stepped into this real world, those dreams and those hopes started to diminish a little bit. Grown-up Nick soon realized that you can't actually do whatever you put your mind to, that the future actually does have some limits. This realization for for many can become a pretty discouraging moment. The hopes of childhood become the disappointments of adulthood. These are moments where discouragement can quickly set in and hope can vanish, and, and, and for some it vanishes permanently. But hopefully for you today, there's still a little bit of hope that you're holding on to. You see, as we continue this series, the Bible doesn't say that. We're going to look at the lie that we can do whatever we put our minds to. I know that sounds pretty negative and kind of harsh, but stick with me for a few minutes and you'll see where we're going here. As Christians, it's easy for us to get this mindset that we're indestructible, that we can overcome any obstacle, any task that's before us. And we get that mindset, at least I do, from encouraging, inspiring verses that give us this idea that there's nothing we can't do. Verses like uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or Romans 8, 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Or 1 John 4, 4, where it says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in this world. These verses get us excited. They help us see that we can scale the mountains before us. We can overcome any obstacle. No circumstance that's thrown our way will be able to stop us from doing what we set out to do. But, but when we read those verses and come to those conclusions, we're missing one really important component to what is being said, their context. You see, while we may not be able to do whatever we put our minds to, and while there are limits to our future, the context tells us something. It says we can, see, we certainly can still do all things through Christ. We still are more than conquerors, but through him who loved us. Because the one who is in us is greater. What I'm, what I'm getting at here is if we're not careful as followers of Jesus, we can run the risk of becoming borderline humanists. Which means we believe we have all that we need inside of ourselves. Which, which couldn't be further from the truth. 
It's not what we're, that we're worthless or, or that we're useless in any way. It's that our fullest potential will never be realized apart from God's work in us and through us. In 587 BC, the beautiful ornate temple that was built by King Solomon in the city of Jerusalem is destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Every wall, every beam, every room is completely uh, eliminated, destroyed all the way down to the foundation. This was a devastating blow for the nation of Israel as the center of their religious practice. Their crown jewel of their nation was now completely gone. Almost 70 years later, a man by the name of Zerubbabel would take on the daunting, nearly impossible task of rebuilding this temple. This would be such a significant moment in Israel's history that it's actually recorded in three different books in the Old Testament. The book of Ezra, the book of Zechariah, and the book of Haggai. The the task before Zerubbabel seemed so improbable and he was so unprepared uh, for what stood before him. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place like this before, uh, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, pastoring over the last four months has felt a lot like the impossible, improbable task before Zerubbabel. You're not sure you have what it takes to do what's needed. You're not sure if you're the right person, if you're doing the right things the right way. You, you don't know if you're doing your best and, and you're trying your best, but you don't know if your best is good enough. Fortunately for Zerubbabel, he wasn't trying to rebuild the temple on his own or even simply with his fellow Israelites he recognized pretty quickly that God was a very important part of the process. And and while God was more than enough for the task before Zerubbabel, and I believe God is more than enough for the tasks that set before me and you, the reality is, you might not realize this, but the reality is God still needs something too. You see, God needed Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple. God needs me to lead our church through this season. God needs you to step out and fulfill what he's called you to do. You see, your destiny isn't you fulfilling all of your wildest dreams, but your future is really you and God together accomplishing the impossible things he has in mind for you and me to do. Because this is is a simple idea I want to share with you guys today. It's not all me. It's not all God. Me plus God equals destiny. Can we say that together? If you're in the room here, you're at your at-home location, maybe you're sitting in your break room, you can whisper it so the people across the table don't hear you. Um, but can we say this together? It's not all me, it's not all God. Me plus God equals destiny. And I think that's an important declaration, statement for us to understand, to get into our hearts. In fact, in the early stages of this immense reconstruction of the precious temple in Jerusalem, God reminded Zerubbabel of this very fact. It's recorded in Zechariah chapter 4, starting in verse 6. Here's what it says. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Notice right there, just two verses. God talks about it's by my spirit, and then he talks about it's by Zerubbabel's hands. That, that before Zerubbabel. And then he goes on. Then he will bring out the capstone. The shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. God didn't say he alone would build, rebuild this temple. He also didn't say Zerubbabel alone would be responsible for rebuilding the temple. 
It was both of them working together. Not Zerubbabel, not God, God and Zerubbabel. You see, what God has in store for your future, I promise you, is way bigger than any dream you had as a child. He has things planned for you that would dwarf the, 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 what you envisioned in the naivety of your youth. God's plans, dreams, and hopes are massive for us. They're, they're God-sized visions, not man-sized visions. They would scare you to death if you knew what they were. But to see those things become a reality, whatever they might be, whether it's raising your children well, whether it's starting a business, whether it's becoming a pastor or a missionary or something else, to see that happen, God isn't going to do it by himself. And on the other side, God isn't expecting you to do it by yourself like it's some solo mission. It's you and God working together. It's not all me, it's not all God. Me plus God equals destiny. This idea of a godly partnership wasn't just present with Zerubbabel, but we see it from the opening chapters of Genesis all the way through to the closing chapters of Revelation. While God is all-powerful, and there truly isn't anything he can't do, he chooses to intentionally work through us. Do you know why he does that? Do you know why God chooses to limit himself and work through us? Because you and I will become what God created us to be from the beginning. Not by sitting on the sidelines and watching God do everything. But as we step out and we partner with him. It's in the doing that we get to be part of the becoming. It's in the doing that we get to be part of the becoming. There was one of, one of the great lessons. This is one of the great lessons Jesus taught his disciples over the three years that they traveled the Judean countryside together. Jesus wasn't doing everything so they could simply sit back and be in awe of how amazing Jesus was. He was actually modeling what they would do in partnership with him in the future. Now, listen to the language of partnership that he communicates in John chapter 14 as he talks to his disciples about uh, what he was doing and how he was doing the miraculous and how they would do even greater things than these. Here's what it says, John chapter 14, verse 10. It says, The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because... I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. How remarkable is that? Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, is talking about the fact that it's not just about him, and he isn't the one doing it all, but it's the Father working through him. And he says, you can do even greater things than these. Not because you're good enough, not because you got it all figured out, not because you're an end-all, be-all in and of yourself but because we are partnering together. It's not all me. It's not all God. Me plus God equals destiny. Now, while, while it could be discouraging to think about the idea that you can't do whatever you put your mind to, there are clear limits to our future. There, there, there are clear boundaries that God puts in place. And, and that's because we're just human beings. That's how it works. But the truth is there isn't any limit to what God can do through us. What took King Solomon 20 years to build, Zerubbabel would do in only three years. 
12 men known as Christ's disciples didn't have the biblical education, the formal training, or the family heritage you might expect from the giants of the faith that they would become and the leaders they would be in the early church. But none of that was based on what a person or a group of people accomplished on their own. It was as they partnered with God in the immense, impossible tasks before them that they had the privilege of being part of the seemingly improbable, unthinkable outcomes that they would be known for. See, maybe, maybe there's a dream that you've put on the shelf or something God has spoken to you and you've refused to pick it up because in those moments as a young person, when you recognize you can't do whatever you put your mind to, you vowed you'd never be duped again. You'd never allow naivety to cloud your view of reality again. So, so you gave up on God's dream for you because you've convinced yourself that you're not enough. And the truth is, by yourself, you probably aren't. But with God, all things are possible. Because it's not all me, it's not all God. Me plus God equals destiny. This is what God has for you. God has something special in store for your life. And in a few moments, we're going to prepare to receive communion together. And uh, communion, I think, is an important component. It's an important aspect to this partnership. If you're at your at-home location, you can start to get those items ready. But, but in communion, we see this amazing partnership between God and us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Here's what's awesome about this partnership. Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And now he asks us to do for him what he can't do, meaning to remember him. To, 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 to declare him. And it goes on. It says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as we take those elements, the bread and the cup together, we get to remember and recognize that it's not about me and it's not all God, but it's me plus God that equals destiny. God has something special in store for your life. It is bigger and greater than anything you could have ever imagined. I don't just say that to, to warm you up and to make you feel good. You see that throughout the pages of Scripture, from the beginning to the end. God has something special in store for you. So special that God was willing to bankrupt heaven, send his very son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Why? Because it's not all you, but it's also not all him. It's the partnership. It's me plus God that equals destiny. Our future will be found as we recognize the sacrifice he made and the sacrifice he now calls us to make. We're not going to magically walk into this thing called faith and God's just going to do it all. And we just sit back with our feet up and it's all going to happen. He asks of us to sacrifice just as he sacrificed. And as we pray today to prepare to receive these elements, to, to partake of these elements, we have to be reminded that Jesus, Jesus didn't just go to the cross and die. 
so that we can live. He went to the cross to die so that we get to live for him. And not just live, but live to the full. And it's as we partner together with him. It's as we work with him, as we're willing to be obedient, as we're willing to trust him, as we step out, not put the dreams on the shelf, but say, God, I can't do whatever I put my mind to. But I recognize that when I'm partnering with you, we can do whatever you have your mind for. Whether that's rebuilding a temple, so impossible. Whether that's stepping out as a disciple in the early church and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Whether that's maybe praying for your coworker. Whether that's maybe stepping out and saying, I'm going to step into a new career. Whether, whether that's maybe uh, saying, man, I want to go on a mission trip. Whether that's leading a group. Whatever, whatever that might be for you. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. But it's when you partner together with God that you get to see that become a reality. Let's pray this morning before we receive the elements together. Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done on our behalf. As you gave it all for us, Jesus. As you, you sacrificed your very body for us. God, thank you for not doing it all, but asking something of us. That we get to take up our cross and follow you. That we get to take up our cross now and live for you. Jesus, that you sacrificed for us and we now get to sacrifice for you. God, let us be willing to embrace that holy partnership. It's not all me. It's not all you. It's me plus God that equals destiny. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Partake of those items together this morning. As we prepare to dismiss, I want to I want to pray for you. Pray that God would challenge you. That God would push you out of your comfort zone. That that God would say, "Listen, guys, here's where we're going. Let's let's be willing to step out." to partner with the Holy Spirit, to partner with God. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's through His Spirit, says the Lord. That's what God is going to do to fulfill and accomplish the dreams and things He has in store for you. Let's pray, Lord, I thank you for your power. Lord, I thank you to go before us. God, that you don't expect us to figure this all out on our own, but God, that you order our steps. You ask us to take those steps, but they are steps that you have already taken. There are steps that you've already gone before us. God, let us be willing to partner with you. Lord, whatever the future looks like, whatever our next steps look like, Lord, whatever our lives look like, well, let us be willing to partner with you. For those that are watching and participating this morning, Lord, that don't know you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to introduce them, Lord, to that beautiful partnership, that holy partnership with you. God, go with us throughout this week. God, let us represent you well. Let us be willing to exercise grace our interactions with others in person and online. Let us be willing to exercise love, Lord, in the steps that we take, the things that we do. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. Bless us, guide us, direct us. And God, let us do it with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today uh, at an at-home location or online. It's always a blessing to get to join you each Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to be continuing our series. The Bible doesn't say that. We're going to be talking about that God has favorites. So we're going to be looking at that. So we hope you can join us next Sunday at 1030 to continue our series. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Have a great day. God bless you guys.
This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 